In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Coptic month, Misra. And Misra is the end of the Coptic year. Misra is the last month in the Coptic year. That's why the church during this month is reminding us with two things, with the end of the world and also with the end of our life. And why the church is reminding us that the world will end and our life will end. Because we are here on earth, are steward. Steward means God give us talents, give us responsibility. We are not the owners. We are not the owners of our life. We are not the owners of our children. We are not the owners of our time. We are not the owners of our money. We are not the owners of our talents. Actually, all these things, we received them from God. And since we are stewards, then there is accountability. God, at the end of the days, in his second coming, he will ask each one of us, give an account of your uh, stewardship. Usually, with the stewardship, there is accountability. Some of us will live our life here, and no one will hold them accountable. But if you are to getting your way, or you are able to get your way here on earth, be assured that at the last day, you will stand before God, and God will ask you, to give an account of your stewardship. God actually is asking you to bear fruits. If you entrusted with five talents, God will expect you to present five more talents. If you are entrusted with two talents, God is expecting you to give him back two more talents. So God will not ask you more than what you can afford. God will hold you accountable for what you have, not more than what you have. You know from the parable of the talents, this person who took the one talent and hid it, and when the master asked him to give, account, uh, to, to give account for his stewardship, and he gave him the talent as is. But since he could not bear fruits or give him one more talent, the Lord told him, you lazy and wicked servant. You lazy and wicked servant. And the Lord actually told us in order to be profitable with our talents, we need to have these two virtues. 
wisdom and faithfulness. Wisdom in order to be able to make fruits, to make profit with your talent. And faithfulness, so this profit, you render it to God, not yourself. So I should not use the talent for my own glory, but I should use the talent for the glory of God. That's why he said, who is the wise and faithful steward? Wise and faithful steward. So the parable of today is about these wicked vine dressers. That the Lord actually appointed them to take care of his vineyard. And he entrusted them with this vineyard. And at the time of harvest, he sent his servants in order to collect the fruits. But these vine dressers actually made the fruit for their own glory. That's why they did not send any fruit with the servants. They wanted to take all the fruits for themselves. They were not faithful. So the Lord said what the owner should do. And the answer was he will take the vineyard from them and will give it to other people, vine dressers, who will give him the fruit in its due season. This parable has a prophetic or historical meaning. The vineyard is Israel, and the vine dressers are the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel. And the owner is God himself. And when he sent his servants, the servants are the prophets that God sent them to rebuke the religious leaders of Israel because of their wickedness, because they did not bear fruit. They were after their own glory. They asking the people to pay them honor and to be privileged, but not to honor God. They were greedy, they were prideful, they were arrogant. That's why all the servants, like the prophets, they wounded them, they killed them. So at the end, God the Father said, I will send my son our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ was followed by the sinners and the tax collectors. Next week, we will hear about the repentance of Matthew, who was a tax collector, and how when the Lord called him, he left everything and followed the Lord, and he became one of the 12 disciples and one of the four evangelists. But the religious leaders of Israel, 
the scribes, the Pharisees, the priests, the high priests, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They conspired against him, and at the end, they said to Pontius Pilate, crucify him, crucify him. His blood is upon us and upon our children, and delivered him to death, not knowing that they were fulfilling the prophecies. So, when the Lord said he will take the vineyard from them and give it to another nation or other people who will, who will give him the fruit in its due season, they said, certainly not. They could not imagine that the priesthood will be taken from them. But this exactly what happened year 70 AD when the Roman uh, soldier Titus destroyed the temple and since that time 70 AD until today there is no temple there is no sacrifices there is no priesthood there is nothing because the Lord told them that he will take the priesthood, he will take the vineyard from them and give it to other people who will give him the fruit its due season. Then the Lord reminded them, if you say about yourself, you are the vine dressers, or you are the builders, who are building the house of God. Not a physical building, but the house of God, the spiritual building. He told them, you as builders, you rejected the cornerstone. The stone that was rejected by the builders became the foundation stone or the cornerstone. Then he said something about this stone. He said, if they fall down on the stone, they will be bruised. But if the stone fall on them, he will crush them into powder. What does this mean? If they fall on the stone, meaning if this is a stone and they fall on it, so the stone is beneath them. This is about the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came as a humble person. He came as a servant of all and the last of all. So anyone who fell on this stone means who rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. He was actually injured by bruises. He was not destroyed. Meaning, there is a hope for this person to be healed if he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people rejected the Lord Jesus Christ at the beginning. But later on, when they believed in him, actually, they repented and they were saved. But if the stone fall on somebody, this means the stone is coming from above. 
That is about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes to judge the world. So those who rejected him, there is no time or a chance for repentance. They wasted all their chances. They wasted all their opportunities. That's why those who rejected the Lord Jesus Christ in his second coming, this stone will grind them into powder. When the chief priests and the scribes heard these words, they knew that he spoke this parable against them. And what was the reaction? They sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the people. They wanted to arrest him and to kill him. And instead of repenting and returning back to God, they want to get rid of the voice of God that actually is rebuking them. And many times until today, when God sends me a voice to rebuke me, to convict me, to lead me to repentance, I try to silence this voice. I try to avoid this voice. In the Bible, we have two kings who were actually ungodly. And God sent them prophets to rebuke them. King Herod and King David. King David because of the adultery and murder. King Herod because he married his brother's wife. When God sent John the Baptist to King Herod, he killed him. Herod killed John the Baptist. When God sent Nathan the prophet to rebuke David, David repented and God accepted his repentance. And now David is one of the major prophets who are interceding on our behalf in the paradise of joy. And in every liturgy, we read more than one psalm from, from the psalms of our teacher, David the prophet. So, how you are going to react when God sends you somebody to tell you you're wrong? You need to correct yourself. Are you going to react like King David? Or you are going to react like King Herod? With Herod, he killed John the Baptist. Many times, we kill John the Baptist in our life. Not literally, but avoiding this voice. Or silencing this voice. So the church reminding us today, in the first week of the last, sun, uh, last month of the Coptic year, to bear fruit in your life. So that when God comes and asks you to give an account of your stewardship, you will have fruits. You will not do like these wicked vine dressers. فربنا عايزنا ان احنا نكون مثمرين في حياتنا 
علشان في اليوم الاخير هيقول لنا اعط حساب وكالتك فالكنيسه النهارده في اخر شهر من السنه الابطيه شهر مصر في الحد الاول بتحط لنا مثل الكرامين الاردياء اللي رفضوا يعطوا اي ثمر للمالك فهل انت مثمر في حياتك ولا لا طب كيف نثمر في حياتنا ازاي يكون عندي ثمر في حياتي اول حاجه الارض اللي تقع عليها البذار لابد تكون ارض جيده ما تكونش ارض زي الطريق اسفلت البذار ما تلاقيش تربه علشان تنمو فيها احيانا البنا ده يبقى سطحي جدا فكلمه ربنا ما تدخلش قلبي خالص لان انا مشغول بمليون حاجه فكلمه ربنا لا تجد لا تجد مكان داخل قلبي او احيانا قلبي مليان بملذات العالم ومحبه المال وشهوات العالم ده الشوك اللي بيخنق كلمه ربنا او احيانا قلبي مليان بالقساوه حجاره مليانه في قلبي حجر اسمه عدم التسامح حجر اسمه الكبرياء فكل الحجاره دي بتخنق كلمه ربنا فما اقدرش احمل ثمر في حياتي فربنا عايز تكون ارضك جيده عشان تبقى مثمر وبعد كده يقول بعد ما غرس الكرم ده احاطه بسياج ايه السياج دي السياج ده صور بيحمي الارض ايه السور اللي ربنا ادهولنا الوصيه كلمه ربنا كلمه ربنا هي السور اللي بتحمي ارض حياتنا زي ما ربنا ادى لادم وحواء الوصيه من كل شجر الجنه تاكلها اما من شجره معرفه الخير والشر ما تاكلوش ده كان سور فلما انت تترك كلمه ربنا وما تعيش بيها لن تستطيع ان تثمر في حياتك لكن يا بخت الانسان اللي يقول خبأت كلامك في قلبي لكي لا اخطئ اليك بعد كده يقول ان بنى برج ايه البرج ده البرج ده اللي هو الكنيسه كنيسه اللي فيها خدام الله بينظروا ويشوفوا كده لو اي ذئب جاي يقطع يعني او ثعلب جاي علشان يبوظ الكرم او يخرب الكرم فبيحموا القطيع من الذئاب وبيحموا الكرم من الثعالب المفسده للكروم ومن هنا طول ما احنا جوه البرج ده طول ما احنا جوه الكنيسه نبقى محميين محميين باسرار الكنيسه بالرعايه اللي بناخدها جوه الكنيسه انما اللي يخرج بره الكنيسه يفقد الحمايه الزرعه اللي تتزرع خارج الكنيسه مفيش برج حواليها 
تموت الخروف اللي يخرج بره قطيع ويبعد عن البرج بتاع الكنيسه يضيع ايضا حط معصره معصره علشان العنب يتعسر المعصره دي بترمز الى التجارب كلنا بنتضايق من التجارب لكن القديس يعقوب يقول احسبوك كل فرح يا اخواتي حينما تقعون في تجارب كثيره لان التجربه دي بتعلم الانسان الصبر ويقول كده بس الصبر يكون له عمل تام لكيما تكونوا تامين وكاملين غير ناقصين في شيء التجارب دي هي اللي بتخلي الشخصية بتاعتي الروحية بتنمو وتصير شخصية كاملة وناضجة دي المعصرة اللي ربنا حطها في الكرم وفي الآخر سلم الكرم ده لكرمين كرمين اللي هم خدامه علشان يتعهد يتعهدوا هذه ال 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 الزروع اللي ربنا زرعها الكرم اللي ربنا زرعه يتعهدوه لكن الحقيقه الكرام الحقيقي هو ربنا زي ما ربنا يسوع المسيح قال انا هو الكرم الحقيقي وابي الكرام فحتى لو وجد كرامين ارضياء ربنا سياخذ الكرم منهم ويعطيه لاخرين عشان كده في المزمور اللي سمعناه النهارده اللي هو أيها الرب إله القوات ارجع واطلع من السماء انظر وتعهد هذه الكرمة التي غرستها يمينك كنيسة حتى بتاخد المزمور ده وبتلحنه لحن الأسباس مصلواتوس اللي بيتصلف القداس البسيلي وكأننا بنطلب من ربنا الكرامة الحقيقي ان اللي هو ينظر ويتعهد على هذه الكرمة على كنيسته على شعبه يرجع ويطلع من السماء هذه الكرمة التي غرستها يمين ومن هنا لو احنا عارفين ان ربنا في اليوم الاخير هيقول لنا اعط حساب وكالتك من هنا كل ما الانسان يحاسب نفسه يوميا يوميا يشوف كده انا قدمت ثمر لربنا ولا لا ربنا اداني مواهب كتيره اداني وزنات كتيره يا ترى هل انا امين وحكيم في التعامل مع هذه الوزنات هل انا احمل ثمر في حياتي وهل انا باعطي الثمر ده لمجد ربنا ولا لا يقول احكم على نفسك قبل ما يحكم عليك لو حكمنا على انفسنا لما حكم علينا ومن هنا الانسان الامين يبتدي يراجع نفسه يوميا ويشوف هل يوجد ثمر في حياته ولا لا علشان لما نقف في اليوم الاخير نسمع الصوت الفرح نعما ايها العبد الصالح والامين كنت امينا على القليل اقيمك على الكثير ادخل الى فرح سيدك لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين